Welcome to Zoomcast, the first episode where we have a guest. Is that correct, James? I think it's the first episode, yeah. Well, no, second. You brought Madge on very early on. When oh, yeah, Canada. imagine. Yes. <laughs> yes, lots of Canadian sky problems. <laughs> that was kind and, of an epic fail, yes. And this time I have managed to snag JJ, who is a live caster on Twitch TV. And he recently just came off a 48-hour attempted marathon of Skyrim, uh, which was pretty fun. I got to see that. So um, welcome to Zoomcast, JJ. Thank you very much. Now, uh, in case you're wondering about his accent, he is from the Netherlands, <laughs> which is a very cool place. If you ever get a chance to visit there, do so. It's not my fault. That's why we're calling him JJ, because none of us can pronounce his name. <laughs> yes, for the audience, would you like to say your name for a second so that people can practice at home? Yeah, my real name is uh, Joop Jansson, but since nobody ever gets it right in the first 25 attempts, I just decided to take uh, the alias JJ. <laughs> so what, uh, I, I watch a few uh, live streams on Twitch TV, usually at night. Television and movies are really going to drop off for me, um, especially with things like SOPA, which we're not going to talk about at all. <laughs> but... Um, so there's a bunch of people that I follow on Twitch TV, like uh, Demon, he plays Dota 2, he's a professional Dota 2 player for EG. Sometimes I'll watch um, Cy Starcraft with his live games with fans. Um, but then there's Bearded Gaming. And is that, is that like 24 hours now with so many different casters? Um, we're attempting to reach 24 hours, but unfortunately, since none of the casters can really hold to a set schedule, uh, we have problems actually filling up the full 24 hours, but we do tend to get around 20 hours a day. I gotta, I gotta say, it reminds me of Revision 3 when they first started and they made Dignation, right? Um, and eventually they got sponsorship and they were, bam, they were getting paid to sit in front of a camera drinking beer and talking about the news. Uh, <laughs> tech news at that. I feel like uh, live casting is like inches away from breaking into that realm as well, where it, it's like a real TV station. Well, not, I mean, you know, much lower budget, much easier production, uh, but geared towards the content of people who like games or building model aircraft or whatever it is that people are, are, are streaming at the time. But a bit of gaming is like every game under the sun, essentially, right? Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, each of the casters, we have six at the moment, uh, tend to like different types of games. So between the six of us, I think pretty much every game that gets released uh, gets played and reviewed. And reviewed, okay. Now, I know how you'd live stream stuff that's coming either from a console or, or a PC, but do you cover things like iPod and iPhone games, iPad, iPhone games? I mean, how would you stream that other than holding a camera over the thing? Um, well, for, for those things, there's not yet, I think, any proper form of software to capture that clearly. So for now, we are limited to uh, consoles uh, for which you can use a capture card and PC gaming. But I think that pretty much covers like 95% of all the games anyway. So we do not really see the need to uh, stream iPhone games and such. Uh, the only reason I asked is that I know that some of the uh, professional review sites like Joystick and some of the others that are rising up, do talk about those on their podcast. So I was just kind of curious if there was any solution for live streaming, that kind of thing. But I guess the answer is no. There was, Not a, yet. There was a very interesting article I saw recently where they were projecting Skyrim onto the iPad. So you could play <laughs> Skyrim on the iPad from your PC, I guess. Yeah, uh, I just fail to see the use of such applications, to be honest. <laughs> well, they're there to drain your battery. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure it keeps some uh, Chinese developers busy building new batteries. That's that's what it served purpose for, I guess. It's probably because you're going to have all those cores. You'll have a dedicated core for Skyrim, dedicated core for Internet Explorer or Chrome. Uh, oh, I guess Firefox too. And, you know, so you've got all these cores and all this memory in your computer. You may as well just have those things running forever and just never quit them. <laughs> okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about this 48-hour marathon. Um, how did this come about? Um... Well, it's kind of started out as a joke because I was playing Dota 2 and I kept being teamed up with uh, Russians, which I do not generally like due to their lack of English. Um, and I said, like, I'm, I'm going to be emo. I'm going to, to kill myself over this. And people in the chat actually started saying, like, well, why don't you kill yourself in a, in a you know, exceptional way? So they suggested that I would, should just play games until I died. So that's kind of <laughs> where, where it came from. An original uh, suicide attempt, so to speak. It's it's funny because most of the time when you hear about someone doing like a twenty four hour or forty eight hour marathon, it's you know, let's raise some money for kids. But you, it's it's uh, let's kill, let's kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are the periodic South Koreans who die in front of Starcraft. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> they are my biggest example, of course. <laughs> uh, now we 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 did think about uh, linking it to some form of charity, but. Realistically, we didn't have the feeling the channel was big enough for that to raise any significant amounts of money. Uh, so instead, we decided to just uh, give away games, actually, to people that were watching in order to, um, to increase the size of the channel. And then uh, maybe later, when we do get a higher concurrent viewer number, we can uh, start doing uh, charity runs. So I was watching JJ when he was doing his marathon. I kind of didn't realize he was doing a marathon, and then I realized about two hours into watching that he was about five hours into his marathon at that point. And, and I was watching because he was playing Skyrim. And, uh, and I didn't feel like playing Skyrim, but I wanted to watch some Skyrim. And one of the things that interested me is because JJ plays Skyrim on a much higher difficulty level than I do. And because uh, I like to enjoy my games. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Uh, and and some of the things you were doing when you're playing it at a high level kind of were very interesting to me. So, uh, and I want to bring up one specific example, and hopefully you've got a few others as well. But um, you know those little floating crystals that sit on stands, and you walk into a room and they just zap you for no good reason. Yeah. Um, well, JJ's deathly afraid of those things, as far as I can tell. Yeah, because they one shot you on high level, right? Um, not all of them, but they do do a considerable amount of damage, and you just don't want to risk it, obviously, since when I am playing on Hardcore, if I die, I have to restart my character, um, which is obviously not something you want. So, I jokingly said halfway through your marathon, when you did die, oh, you'll have to start your marathon again. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what uh, restarting the level means, restarting the entire marathon from zero? Well, normally when you play hardcore, um, you just basically uh, reload your character from level one. So as soon as you get out of the uh, first cave, basically, is where I usually make my save point, you, sh you should start again from that point. But uh, I think by the time that you made that comment, I already died three or four times. Yeah. And uh, in order to survive on, on Master with a difficult rule set, you kind of have to grind a few skills before. So I kept dying after doing just the grinding part. Which 
made me decide that after a while I was just going to uh, make a save game after I did the grinding to actually get some progress in the game. Yeah, now this is an interesting difference between playing it on a regular level or less and playing it on Masters, is that you don't want that first dragon encounter until you're well up the skill tree. Yes, correct. Oh, so the dragon, that first dragon is not easy to kill like it is on normal. Well, it, it's not necessarily hard since you have enough uh, guards and stuff around to actually take the damage. Uh, the problem is on Master, unless you have some form of uh, magic resistance or already have a high base HP, uh, one shot will kill you. If the dragon, if the dragon shoot, shoots you once with fire, you, ha- you lose your character. Right, because you're not, it's not shooting ice, and as a Nord, you might be somewhat resistant to that. You're just hosed because hardcore, you take all that damage. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Wow. So what, what was humorous for me was, um, was seeing JJ go into this room, and he sees off in the distance this tiny little crystal flooding in the air, and then he's <laughs> using his bow to try and shoot it. Now, moments, <laughs> moments ago, you had seen him take down this behemoth of a monster with one shot in the back of the neck, you know, three times damage, and the thing just drops. And then he spends ten arrows trying to shoot this tiny little crystal. <laughs> so it sounds like hardcore is just not just more difficult. Like if you're, I remember I played Mass Effect Two on the insanity level, and there were parts of that that you had to play a little differently. But it sounds like Skyrim on hardcore is a whole different game almost. Well, it's not necessarily a a different game. You can pretty much still do everything the same way. You just have to realize way better that every mistake you make has way bigger consequences. Like if you're walking down a sewer and you see a tripwire, on easy you would probably just walk over it and keep walking. Because, you know, in the worst case scenario, it will drop like 20 HP or something. But on master, uh, a large portion of all the traps one hit you. And you're just dead. Did you play Fallout New Vegas by any chance? Uh, no, I, I didn't. But I did okay. watch quite a few hours because one of the other streamers on Beard Gaming uh, played it a lot. Well, the reason I ask is that it sounds like this is somewhat akin to playing on the hardcore mode in Fallout New Vegas, where you have to make sure you eat and drink and eat eat something and drink water. And when you get crippled, you can't just impact yourself back into health. You have to go find a doctor or a doctor's bag. So. While you don't have all those same dynamics, it sounds like it's somewhat similar where the game shifts in ways that, like you just said, you can't just assume every encounter is easy. The, the way I, I got in contact with JJ was kind of humorous. <laughs> I was uh, watching his stream and watching him fumble around in the inventory. And for all of us who have played Skyrim enough, we realize how, how awful the, the menus are. Oh, um, it's, it's far worse than that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks great when you start because you don't have much stuff. <laughs> but once you've got a whole bunch of stuff, it becomes a real big problem. So there's this mod called Sky UI. And I think everybody who plays Skyrim really should gra- grab this mod. And especially when the next update comes out and they add the Forge stuff so that you'll be able to download mods from Steam, this is the mod to get. Well, Sky especially UI. if you were scared off by this early because there was a 1.0 version of this, or maybe it was pre-1.0, that came out on the Skyrim Nexus. And it had some problems. It was to the point where it was really hard to click on the right thing. And it scared me right off that mod initially. And I had to come back and finally look at Sky, Sky UI 2. And one of the early things right up at the very top was it now works right. And it, you know, to reassure people <laughs> like me that no, 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 it's not broken anymore. So it, it is well worth the price of admission. Just, just download it now because it makes the game so much easier to deal with. I suspect most of the people who listen to our podcast 
are going to be semi-comfortable um, installing a complicated mod. Uh, this one does require SKSE, I believe, um, which is the scripting extensions. I had already gotten the frame enhancement one, so I'd gone through putting in SKSE already. Right. So, I mean, that's I think the big difference is going to be when they bundle that up properly and you can grab it straight from Steam, then a lot more people will be able to get it. But this this is the mod to get. And, and what it does is it fixes all of the menus, all of the menus pretty much, uh, into categories with uh, separate areas. It, it's just really nice. So I thought, you know what, uh, JJ is going to be going for another 18 hours here. <laughs> He could probably use the Sky, <laughs> Sky UI mod at this point already. Uh, so I and they've got a list of rules that people are meant to follow in their chat. And one of them is if you're going to post a link, you've got to ask for permission, permission first. So of course I said, um, "Hey, uh, you probably should be using the Sky UI mod. Can I post a link to it?" And uh, now JJ is deep into the game here. He's not even looking at the chat. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's some guy who is acting as the moderator, and he's trigger happy at this point. And I didn't know this. But he's totally trigger happy, and he was having a bad time because I guess the well, stream was getting really popular at this point. And, uh, and, and instead of saying yes, he said, no one's allowed to post any links. That's the rules. And I said, oh, that's not the rules. So I, I just quoted rule five to him saying, you've got to ask. <laughs> to which he responded by spamming me. It's like there was no disrespect. I didn't post the link. Uh, yes. it, was just, it was just nuts. And I was like, oh, my God. So... I got annoyed. I left the stream for a few hours, came back later, and I think he was gone, which was which was fine. And and I could chat again, and I kept watching JJ on his mission uh, <laughs> of insanity. At that point, JJ had started fighting dragons, which is uh, which was really interesting because you can't hide from dragons, and a, a lot of the high level play, you just want to sneak everywhere, right? Yeah, correct. So, how do you take down the dragon? Um, well. Like you mentioned before, usually a master, you want to get some levels in before you actually fight dragons. Um, in my case, I just need a tank before you fight dragons. So I need somebody else to take the damage for you. Because otherwise, especially if you're playing a, um, a stealth light armor type, you're probably not going to make it otherwise. So what I usually do, I complete the Dark Brotherhood as the first uh, major side quests basically, and I unlock uh, the horse, Shadow Man. Shadow Man, right, because that <laughs> yes. is the ultimate tank. Yes, he can die. <laughs> he can well, he die. Can. Well, he can. He regenerates. I, really I had a dragon throw him across the map. What? <laughs> <laughs> Say again? I had, a dra- I had a dragon throw Shadow Man across the map. Never saw him again. Well, I, to, just to illustrate the point of how strong Shadowmare is, I once casted uh, 12 of those Elder Dragons and just uh, sat in a corner somewhere, crouching and waited, came back for like 40 minutes later and all the dragons were dead. <laughs> so so it's, he's quite overpowered. So even, it's, it's even almost normal, like cheating. Even on normal, if you're playing a sneaky type, that's pretty much the way you want to fight these. I would tend to... I, I took somebody from... I think I took Lydia as a tank. I mean, she's not a great tank, but she still keeps a dragon busy. And then yeah. I would go into sneak. And actually, you can hide from dragons if you have something keeping them busy. I'd go into sneak up behind yeah. a tree and boat and uh, shoot arrows at them until they died. Yeah, it does work. But it's uh, for some reason, I don't know how they, how they you know, made that or programmed it, but dragons can see you even if you're crouching from like halfway across the world. Unless they are indeed specifically looking the other way, you can sneak up behind them. But yeah, you, you need to have some some form of assistance. 
And potentially, since I was using Conjuration for my bow, I could just summon um, Astronauts as well. However, they die <laughs> in like one or two seconds. Mentioned bows. I've never used them because I craft my own bows and I've got my blacksmith really high. Does the strength of the bow increase with your conjuring skill? Uh, yes, actually, the the bow is extremely strong because at level fifty, when you first get the skill, uh, the bow already has the same stats as a Daedric bow, and by the time you get your conjuration to one hundred, it has the same stats as a legendary Daedric bow. Okay, so when people were saying that the conjuring was OP and you could summon this massive army, add into that this this weapon, <laughs> it really is OP. Yes, Conjuration is by far the most unbalanced skill to level. Uh, if you get it to level 100, you can basically get legendary Daedric uh, swords, axes, and bows, and you can summon two Dremora lords who can, well, rip through anything, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I might have to do a playthrough which focuses on Conjuring. <laughs> I tried that. I At lower levels, even on normal, I remember I had, there was one dungeon, I can't remember which one it was, I gave up on a Conjuring playthrough, because I kept dying. I think it was the first mission the, uh, the mages sent me on. I don't remember the dungeon, but I kept dying midway through it. I, I recently learned the technique you use to level up even uh, quickly, even when you're getting up to like level 70. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this before, how difficult it is to do that 40 to 50 run. And, um, and it turns out we were doing it wrong. Uh, if you want to level all the way up past 50 and keep going... Uh, you've got to basically, the skill that you want to get to 100, whether it be archery or sneak or whatever it is, you never train in it. Never pay someone to train in it. You always pay to train in something else uh, that you're not using. And that means that the thing that you actually care about levels up slower, which makes it a little bit harder to play the game. But when you get to level 40, you are just starting to get to the upper parts of the skill that you actually want to be at 100, and all of this other stuff you have is also leveled up too. So when you start needing to, quote-unquote, grind other skills, they're not back down at levels, level 1. They're actually somewhere up, somewhere competent. And, um, and that way you can bring all the skills up together. And, uh, yeah, people, people have been telling me they've got characters of level 70 and level 80 and... And and they're just fine, you know. They're they're not struggling to keep getting levels because there's always something else that they can be training with. Well, my my problem in uh, with Skyrim uh, concerning levels is that the level scaling doesn't really appear to be there, like at all. So I personally never really saw the need to get my character on a higher level, which I used to do in Oblivion and Morrowind, just to make things more interesting for myself. But it just doesn't seem to affect the game that much. I don't it, know it gives you, you harder, harder monsters from time to time. Well, it levels up the dungeons. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think the only thing that you would really notice is how many... Well, you run into more Draugr... You run into things like Draugr Scourges and Draugr Deathlords instead of Restless Draugrs and Draugr... And Elder Dragons yeah, as well. Yeah, and Elder Dragons instead of Ancient and, uh, and just blood, blood Dragons, yeah. There was an interesting mod that I think Austin might have posted to posted into our channel, where um, you don't get any skill points for doing the skill; you have to train it. And uh, I gave that a go, and wow, is that hard! Uh, so you know how you end up with a lot of money eventually. Yeah. Um, 
well, you're constantly using that money to train in skills now, and and you have to go to someone to train those skills. It, it's a, it was definitely a, a very different game. Well, I think if you wanted to use that mod, you'd almost need the Fallout system of perks where you can level your, your uh, skills up every level. Because otherwise, it's going to be a real pain, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, if, you, if you needed to train to a certain level to unlock the, the perk in the, in the stars, um, then you would probably have a whole bunch of perks saved up <laughs> before you had the money to, to train all the way. Yeah, I think there's some balancing things that would need to be done there, but it seems like some of these ideas could fit well into a hardcore mod, like, you know, eating, sleeping, leveling. Yeah. So with this 48-hour marathon you did, yeah. So you, you, how far did you take? Did you, you started with a character that you had just started. How far did, at the end of 48 hours, where was that character at? Um, I didn't do uh, Skyrim the full 48 hours because I simply got bored. <laughs> After 26 hours of playing Skyrim without breaks, it tends to get kind of repetitive since the only thing I was doing is sneaking and shooting arrows in the back backs of people's heads. Um, but after 26 hours, I was a leader of the Dark Brotherhood. I was leader of the Mage Guild. And I think I pretty much cleared or started to clear the main quest by then. I was uh, collecting uh, the Dragon Priest masks. And for the last mask, you need to be at the end of the main quest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Although I've only gotten a handful of those Dragon Priest masks. That's one of the things I have to go back to the game for is to do those, to find all those masks. I'm amazed that there isn't a trophy achievement for getting those masks because it's I know, right? a challenge, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I finally had all of them, and I unlocked, like, the 10th mask, and I was like, fuck yeah, and I was waiting for this achievement to pop up, but nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to yeah. do the 15 date request uh, to get that, yeah. Now, the actual the, uh, other, other hidden things that are hard to do, um, you might have talked about this on the last episode, because Scott did it, is getting that jagged crown, all of the gems for that. But that's oh, not yeah, an achievement. That. That's hard to do, but there's no achievement for it. Yeah, but once you've got it, every chest you loot contains gems. <laughs> that's another one I didn't have the patience for, yeah. It's one of those things, like, they're not afraid to put in OP stuff in this game, like the Jabberwock, right? <laughs> the Wabbajack, you mean, yeah. The Wabbajack, yes. Yeah, Although that's a weird weapon. Sometimes it's really useful, like when you turn a snow bear into a, into a bunny rabbit. And then other times it just does nothing whatsoever or heals the damn thing you're fighting. I've had that too. Yeah, it makes them worse sometimes, but then you just shoot them again and then they become a chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of the most uh, interesting weapons in the game. Entertaining, yeah, definitely. So I thought we should briefly touch on patch 1.4, the creation kit. In theory, this is going to be out in, in a week and a half. I thought less than a week. I thought the news was that it was coming out sometime this week. They said before the end of the month, okay. or near the end of the month. Okay, so yeah, that'll probably be a week from now, yes. Yeah. So obviously there's the Steam Workshop stuff, which, uh, Austin, you're not 100% convinced this is going to be a good thing. Nope. Mm. Um, because of the complexity of mods, and you just feel that people are going to install a whole bunch of stuff and it'll all conflict and not work. Yeah, then I'll get all mad. <laughs> and I don't Most disagree. Likely. I think that's quite probable. <laughs> But I still think it's going to be a good thing. Uh, general optimizations for memory and performance. I, I remember there was a news article a few weeks ago where somebody had discovered that the assembly code in the executable was unoptimized. And they went through and they fixed a whole bunch of it. And basically they came back and said, look, 
the professor didn't compile this with the optimization settings on the compiler. <laughs> it's quite clear. Seriously? Seriously? Yeah. Their make file was screwed up, basically? Yeah. So wow. one of the literally one of the points in the 1.4 patch here is improved compiler optimization settings. It's like only programmers are going to know what that means. But <laughs> we, we fired up VI back in the shop, and uh, and and what's really interesting to me is like uh, unlike Civilization 4, where um, big issues in the architecture aren't being addressed. Um, sorry, Civilization 5, I, I meant to say 4 is long gone now. But here I see a, a point in here, memory optimizations related to scripting, right? So they're, they're basically, they knew the limitations of their scripting engine and they know they're about to release this creation kit. So they actually went and fixed it. How often does that happen in a game where they actually fix fundamental issues in their engine? Well, the other big news about this patch, if you go further down in the notes, is that just about every glitched quest got addressed in some way. Now, we'll have to wait and see how well that works, but it sounds like they went through the forums and found every glitched quest note they could find, and they went through and tried to fix them. Yeah, I like the uh, point here. Fixed numerous issues with blood on the ice, not triggering properly. <laughs> <laughs> Too many dimensions. Numerous. Too many dimensions, yes. Yes, numerous is the correct word. Just about everybody had a problem with that quest. I have to say, um, you remember when they brought up the first few patches and they just made things worse? And then they, they, they undid those things, and then they stopped and said, we're going to change the process we're going to do here. Uh, and, and here they are. It's, it's a month late, but that's fine. Uh, they did generally say January, and it is still January. But this set of fixes here, and quest fixes even, is exactly what we're asking for. They've actually delivered what, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of issues we're going to have once we install this. You know, maybe dragons will fly backwards again. But <laughs> so, so long as they don't break magic resistance again, it'll all be Oh, clean. yeah, god damn it. <laughs> that, <was terrible. laughs> that, that's, that took me clean off the PC game. I had to go back and only play the Xbox for a bit because the Steam game was unplayable. Every, you know, there I was as a yeah. lord and Frost killed me on one shot. Well, here's yeah. this one, right? Long-term play optimizations for memory and performance on PlayStation 3. So they've done a lot of work, and uh, I, I can't fault them for really trying to hit at the issues that have, that have been raised by the community. And we've been criticized once or twice on uh, iTunes reviews and, and Facebook that we focus on the negatives too much. Uh, so here's the positives. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff here. Uh, personally, I actually didn't didn't mind the, the, the backwards flying dragons and stuff. I was kind of amused by most of the bugs. Well, you know how often things will path badly uh, yeah. or get stuck? That, they've got actually got a point here. Fixed uh, crashes related to pathing an AI. Uh, so there were situations where I, I never saw it, but just you know, tricking the AI into getting stuck in somewhere would actually cause the game to crash. Well, that's, uh, that's an old bug, though, I mean, because I, I know that in Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3, there were times where you couldn't go through doorways because some NPC or, or follower would just stand there like a rock. <laughs> well, I saw JJ when he was fighting, I think it was a dragon priest, was basically just hiding in a corner on a staircase, and the <laughs> thing couldn't see you. Yeah. And you just wait for it to run away or float away, and then you'd come around the back and shoot it in the back again, then hide in your corner again. And other, other times you were just standing in the middle of the staircase, just being on the staircase was enough to be invisible. And they would yeah. look at you and then turn around and walk away, and then you would shoot them, and they'd come back and look at you and then turn around and walk away. I suspect well, that won't work anymore. <laughs> that's kind of like the buckets on the will. head. 
because that has nothing to do with their path paving. That's um, the the way the lighting system works in Skyrim. If you are standing somewhere with little light, you are less likely to be detected, right? I don't know if you guys read. No, I, I've I've seen that, and that is I think that's pretty much the way it works. It's all related to the lighting and line of sight stuff. Yeah, exactly. And a lo- if your sneak is above fifty, I think it's usually around around that, and you hide in a corner where there's absolutely no light. NPCs can stand next to you, look you right in the face, and they will still not see you. Oh, I've had that happen with Draugr Death Lords. I killed a Draugr Death Lord with a character with virtually no hit points. I had only gone up to I think one thirty, but a hundred sneak, and I just stood there calmly with my bow and sniped it to death while it was standing two inches from me. But you have to wait till they turn their back on you. If you shoot them. When they're facing you, they will detect you. Uh, yes, this one never usually. did. The light was the light was low enough; it never detected me. It just stood there dumbly and took it. Hmm. Well, and I'm not sure if they ad- will address that bug specifically because I think it's a bug that they can just not see you while they're standing. You're you're pretty much humping their leg, and they're just staring. <laughs> at you. Well, well, that would take out half the way I did assassinations for the Dark Brotherhood because when I had to kill <laughs> yeah. the uh, when I had to kill the the son of the commander. I went to Whiterun, stood on the staircase of the inn, and just sniped him from there. He kept running halfway up the stairs saying, I know I heard something. And then he'd go back down, and I'd snipe him in the head again. And the yeah, only exactly. screw-up of that whole thing was once when he moved and I killed an NPC by accident. <laughs> That's also kind of like when I was in the one bar in Whiterun. I had the bard play a song, and everyone turned their backs, and I just picked off everyone one by one. I don't think that's a bug, though. That's, that's just that's the gameplay. Engine. Yeah, no, that's good gameplay. If you distract everybody and then assassinate someone, what's wrong with that? Well, there was still someone looking at me was the point. Ah, okay. Well, they shouldn't have been looking at you. Well, I think that's probably all we have for for now. Uh, If you're interested in seeing Skyrim and other games played live and you have the bandwidth for it, (laughs) uh, head to twitch.tv slash beardedgaming and you'll see JJ and his friends on the Bearded Gaming group playing their games. Yes, sir. And we would like to thank JJ for coming on the podcast. We, uh, we really appreciate it. You're more than welcome. I enjoyed it. Oh, that's right. I'm going to do the whole outro thing, don't I? This is his <laughs> cue again. Well, I even prepared, and then I didn't. It, the moment comes, and you're just never ready for it. You know? Have you missed an episode and want to catch up? Do you need to subscribe to the iTunes feed? Do you want to join the Facebook group, which is still exploding, by the way? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or join the Steam group. Find these links and more at www.jrobercom slash Thumcast, T-H-U-M-C-A-S-T. And soon there'll even be a link to Beta Gaming there and to Polycast because we're going to add an affiliate section. Thanks for the awesome. idea, JJ. Uh, yeah, so that stuff is there, which means I have to play the music. <laughs>